Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3Cast. My name is Brian, and today I am joined for this very special bonus episode by writer Joshua Williamson. Josh is the architect behind the Infinite Frontier number zero one-shot, and um, we talk about that issue in depth. We go into a bunch of teasers for future comics that will spin out of that and much, much more. So please enjoy this conversation, and we'll be back tomorrow with a review of Infinite Frontier number zero, as well as the other new uh, Infinite Frontier books from the week of comics released on the 2nd of March, 2021. See you then. Bye. All right, Josh, I have read Infinite Frontier number zero. Um, I want to talk about a bunch of the the stories, but I want to talk sort of overall about the structure of this. So when did when did the idea for the Infinite Frontier as a as sort of a, a heading like Rebirth or New Fifty Two? When did the Infinite Frontier sort of bigger picture start coming together? I mean, its first origins were September of last year. Um, it was actually the week that my last issue of Flash came out. Um, and Speed Metal came out. We've been talking about a lot of stuff, and we've been talking, and we were already developing things from March and beyond. Um, but we didn't really have, like, a, an overall... It's interesting. Like We did have kind of a theme in mind, and I think a lot of editorial, a lot of the creators were kind of talking about different ideas and what we wanted to do. And But at the week that... The week that The Flash came out, my last issue, I started having these thoughts about how we needed some kind of, we needed a one shot. We need something to kind of draw a line in the sand because we're coming out of Death Mountain. Death Mountain is this big story that it's just like, you know, alternate realities and multiverses and all this crazy stuff is happening. It's very like Age of Apocalypse, right? And then we have a two month future event, which is Future State. We needed to draw a line that said, okay, those things are in the past and now we're moving forward, right? And those things mattered, all those things happened and we're gonna reflect all that stuff, but now it's time to move forward. We need to draw a line there. And we knew it was March. And so I started talking to the editors about, you know, I, we should do something. And here are my thoughts on it. Here's what we could do, looking at the end death model. And I had been talking to Scott a lot about how death model was gonna end. And we started sharing ideas. And so I, I went to the editors and I was like, here are some thoughts I have on what we could do considering how death model ends. And, um, and, you know, can we, can we do something different like Rebirth, but have other writers involved, right? And, and then, again, I started talking to James and Scott a lot. Uh, I would say I think it was October we finally got on, like, a big group call with the group editors and Marie Javens and uh, me, Scott, and James. We started throwing ideas around. And in that call, that is where Infinite Frontier came from was that like that was where the, the that was where that name first came from and you know we started having all these conversations about how anything was possible and now that you know we're trying to like write the ship in terms of some continuity stuff but also say like hey let's just move forward with these new chapters with these characters lives and have fun and try to showcase kind of this idea of like you know anything is possible in this new TCU, but at the same time, show that everything is together. It is still one whole universe. It is one continuity. We're just all moving forward together at the same time, and that's where a lot of the stuff that Wonder on the Spectre talk about throughout the issue came from. Those conversations, the idea of like, well, now anything's possible, but that can mean different things. That can mean you know infinite wonder, and that can mean infinite terror. And that is where the the genesis, I guess, of Infinite Frontier came from. Where a lot of those conversations between September and, and October. So uh, as I'm reading this, like you mentioned the sort of the Rebirth one shot, and there have been a number of books like this. There was one right before Final Crisis, one right before Infinite Crisis. The kind of oh yeah, yeah. You know, the, the I think kind of probably Countdown to Infinite Crisis is probably the best one for me personally. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd argue that's that's right up there, probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like that one a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I like them. I think that it's a good way to kind of say, "Here, we're doing this thing moving forward," and oh, kind yeah. of. Say, on moving forward yeah yeah my, my my co-host on the podcast and i talked about how these are literally our favorite comics that dc puts out because <laughs> it's it, it, it's like being a, a sports fan at the beginning of a season where you don't think about all the negatives it's all future no past right it's all it's all hope it's all great and then inevitably something comes along and knocks it down a bit but right now like and that's one thing i wanted to say to you and and sort of to dc folks in general if anyone's listening to this who hasn't read infinite frontier number zero yet there is not a story in here that i'm not excited to see follow up um and i can't remember the last time there was a book of this scope where there wasn't a piece of it 
that I was like, yeah, but that kind of seems whack. All of this seems really exciting and really cool. So I, I want to talk about sort of how you, you know, I, I know that you sort of wrote the framing device and that you were acting, you know, in a quasi editorial role for this mm -hmm. issue. Uh, how involved were you with putting together the component pieces here? Uh, I wrote a outline uh, in November. I basically wrote an outline of what it was going to be and kind of, again, the, the, the thematic elements we needed. Um, and I wrote up essentially like, I mean, literally page by page, like this is where this sequence is going to go, right? Like this is the justice league section. This is the, the green lantern section. This is the teen Titan section. And I went in and I started looking at the pieces and what I wanted to show and, and, also being bummed out that I didn't have room for all the stuff that I wanted. I kept trying to ask for more pages because I wanted to show more of the families and more of the different groups at DCU. But we started having these conversations about what we actually needed in the media, plus what we could kick down the field to show later in the year, tease things later in the year. And uh, I wrote that up, talked to editorial and said, this is what we're thinking. You know, this is what I would, I would throw to the other writers is it's really just about your character starting these new chapters in their lives. And I, I would say, it's that, but you should tease something that's coming for your series. Something in some cases, I was like, "Listen, you can tease something for March. Tease something for later. You know, tease something that's not going to get picked up for a while if you want. Something's going to pick up in the fall." I did kind of say, like, "I don't want. I, did, I didn't want anything that was like this is going to get picked up two years from now." It's like, no, no, no. Sure. Like, <laughs> you know, like this should be you. You you know where this is. You can pinpoint where this is at, and uh, you know we don't want to throw any mysteries out there. But then, so then we started having a lot of conversation. What were the mysteries that we wanted to put on the table? What I was interested in putting on the table, and and what was important to me. And that's where a lot of you know the the flash stuff came from, and the Roy stuff, and starting to lay out these pieces. So then I basically broke up the structure to its editorial and then editorial really ran it from then. I mean, I, I was talking to the two editors on it, um, you know, every week and, and they would give me rundowns. We had a document that would get updated daily as things were getting turned in. And, um, you know, I was reading the scripts as they were coming in, looking at the art. I had access to the folder that all art as art was coming in. So I got to see it. Um, and, and for the most part, it was really an easy process because the scripts, it was the only notes I ever had in the scripts were always continuity things. You know, it was like, and because, you know, we were still, when this was being worked on, Death Metal 7 was being worked on at the same time. And so since I had my hands in both, like working on Death Metal, I worked as a consultant on Death Metal, um, like not just for fun, but as a, a contracted consultant for it. <laughs> um so uh, they, they pay me for that. Um, so I was able to work on Death Metal and I was working on this at the same time. And because I was working on both at the same time, I had an understanding of what was happening in both. And so I was able to that, – that's the extent of sometimes the notes have a give of like, well, this is what's happening here. So, you know, just keep this in line, uh, particularly with like some of the Wonder Woman stuff. But again, like I'm glad that you really liked all the chapters. I really felt like everyone did a really good job. There was nothing that I felt – like I never had to go back to anybody and say like – anything major everything was really fluid and everything came together really well and i think everyone was really you know putting their all into this like i think the idea of everyone kind of starting these new chapters of their lives everyone sort of was able to take that and run with it in cool ways just it was it was a really interesting uh process you know it was it was funny because it's like i think there's there's 13 chapters so you're talking about many different creative teams um and uh, I think that like, the only thing that ever really stressed me out was making sure everybody knew exactly what pages they were doing. Because I was like, I didn't want to screw up anybody's page turns. <laughs> so it was like just making sure everybody knew where it was and all that. And uh, yeah, no, it was really fun. I like doing stuff like this. I like being working on the events. I mean, I've worked on so many of the events since I started at DC again. Um, and kind of being uh, behind the scenes and being in the meetings and the summits and. Uh, I know I always joke around with them that I, I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and I don't I'm not afraid to, to share them with editorial and, and talk things out with them and, and uh, throw ideas around. I'm probably annoying at times because especially in the room, I will definitely um, I'm not afraid to just throw some ideas around and see what happens and see what's a bad idea, what's a good idea, because I think all of it can help you find the better ideas. Um, but yeah, working on this was a lot of fun. It, it, it That's mostly what I did working with was that I was working with editorial and sort of thinking about the framing of it and, you know, talking to Scott and James 
often about it and just sort of building this 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 cool thing that we wanted to kind of showcase what was the you know the dcu moving forward past future state and death metal now i i want to focus on on sort of the moving forward stuff so there are a couple of instances here where it makes a lot of sense right like you've got we know what's happening with batman wonder woman wonder girl teen titan superman green lantern flash to a certain degree but there are a couple mm-hmm. of stories here you know the the alan scott story the black yeah. Ar- the black canary and green arrow story the epilogue yeah. story uh are those things that are because some of those things felt like like it's important and again spoilers for those who haven't read the issue yet please go read the yeah. issue first um but but like like roy harper shows up here and yeah. he he basically says like, "Hey guys, I'm not that anymore." Uh, to the reader, right? And yeah. I yeah. feel like I feel like that's important for. It's important to draw that line and say like, some stuff changed, and this is one of those things that changed. But are we going to be seeing stories coming out of those other, those books, those pieces that don't have books announced? Are those were some of those just to set the line straight and sort of set the continuity straight, or are we going to see those stories explored again? I mean, you, you pretty much nailed it uh, with a uh, yes to all of those things. So, for example, with Alan Scott's story, that was something that we had talked a lot about over the last year. And it serves two purposes about, you know, obviously bringing the Alan Scott and his family into the DCU and, and then being able to tell a story with them this year. But it also was able to establish that JSA was officially back in history, you know, uh, is officially something that is a present thing. Um, again, because we haven't really seen that, you know, it's like you have this stuff in Doomsday Clock and you have the things that happen in Justice League, but present day, here is the Justice Society headquarters, here is their table, here are those pictures of those characters in the past, all that stuff happened. That is a, it's a signal to the reader of like, that past has been reestablished. Mm-hmm. And then we're also able to tell a, a, a story with the Alan Scott family and be able to start moving that forward with the city and Jay and move all that stuff forward. It's the same thing with Roy. It's like at the end of Death Metal, um, we actually teased this at the end of Death Metal because in last stories of the DCU, uh, Batman using the Black Lantern ring, he brings Roy back from the dead. And then there's another scene in War of the Multiverses, the last, um, the uh, last 52. In there, um, there's something that happens in there as well that would kind of that kind of set the stuff up. Right, the idea that Wally was, or I'm sorry, that Roy was going to survive, and at the ending of Death Metal, it's funny. There's a scene where Talia is explaining that like some people have been brought back from the dead, even people that have died recently that didn't die in the actual event were brought back. What's funny is no one ever. I don't know if I picked this up, but like Vandal Savage is in the room when she's saying this, and Vandal Savage died in Justice League number one. <laughs> like that's like an immediate like telling to the reader, like <laughs> yes, people have been brought back he died two years ago here he is like that it was that was right there in front of you you know mm-hmm. um uh and then so roy coming back uh a lot of those pieces so at the end of the issue uh with the epilogue the stuff with dark side there is a thing at the bottom saying like to be continued you know in, in, in infinite frontier number one and so infinite frontier is going to be a six issue series uh that starts in the summer that basically carries a lot of those mysteries forward. So a lot of the stuff that's going on in the DCU involving the multiverse, involving dark side, involving some of these characters, um, and really kind of being a, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like a, a, an event book that is a little more grounded and, uh, but does carry forward a lot of those mysteries. Like the first issue of infinite frontier infinite frontier number one the subtitle is infinite mysteries and it's because a lot of the stuff that was set up in Infinite frontier zero that's where you find its home you you find out what's happening with those characters like roy and dark side and a few others like president superman some of those characters land in that book i don't want to say all the characters yet i'm not sure how much is i, sure. I should say sure of the stuff that's from infinite frontier zero land there and there's other things that were teased and set up that land there and so it's like you know, Barry is going to join um, Justice Incarnate in the multiverse and sort of find out what's, you know, because at the end of Death Metal, it's like the multiverse is expanding and it's changing. It's becoming this bigger thing because of all the things that have happened over the years. Somebody has to keep an eye on that. And like the totality is like the watchers on the wall 
but Barry's going to go out and he wants to explore all these new worlds and not just the new ones, but really just kind of have a better relationship with the rest of the worlds out there. So he kind of acts as almost like an ambassador to go out there. And a lot of those story bits are going to be picked up in the infinite frontier series. So it's an actual series, it's an actual like one through six, you know, uh, mini series that's going to start in the summer. That's... And it's big, like a lot of really big stuff is going to happen in that that I think will surprise people. It's going to be really uh, interesting to see how people respond to that book because it's not your typical event book, um, but a lot of really major things that are going to impact the DCU are going to carry forward through that. Like I think the stuff leading through 2021 and going into 2022, that's the book where a lot of things that happen in that book are going to impact the whole DCU uh, in, in really surprising ways. Now, I want to talk about Justice Incarnate for a second because for – I mean, you're talking to a site called Multiversity. So, you know – I know, I know. I have it on my desk. So, here. so you know, we, we, are, uh, we are big fans of, of the Justice Incarnate, just the idea of this sort of multiversal Justice League. And I have been waiting for somebody to pick up that story for a long time. And I'm sure you aren't the first person to pitch that story at DC. Uh, you might have even pitched it once before. I don't know. But – um. You know what? What do you see as the role of of that team and sort of that type of multiversal, you know, uh, crossroads? Do you think that that's something that works better? They show up across different books. Is it better when they have their own book? How would you sort of, you know, like to like to see the Justice Incarnate go around? When they show up in different books, um, you know, they were in Superman for a bit when Tomasi was writing and, and like I would stuff in Flash. I like when those characters show up every once in a while. Um, they play a major role in Infinite Frontier moving forward, like a very major role. They're in every issue. Um, I got to write Captain Carrot this week, which was a lot of fun. Um, every boy's dream. I know. It was full. Well, James wrote him in Multiverse's End and I – that issue was really cool. And he did a really, I think it's like one of the best Captain Carrot stories. I agree. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, so he's in it. Um, and he, he has, a, it's, a, it's a small role in that first issue, but uh, I, I think, I think it'd be cool if they were able to get their own book eventually. Um, I think that'd be a fun thing to do. I like the role they play in the DCU. It's, it's kind of funny. It's like, the multiverse is a huge, big thing, and they have representatives from all these different worlds, and they're out there. I mean, they were formed to—they were formed because of the gentry and the empty hand and all that stuff. But it's like, in this particular instance, you know, they get together and they talk about the crazy things that are happening in the multiverse. And it's so wild to me that like we don't really have like a regular representative hanging out with them, you know? Well, like, that's that's Barry now, right? It's Barry now. Yeah, yeah. it's Barry. Well, because it made sense because Barry was the first person to, to cross over worlds anyway, you know, with Flash of yeah. Two Worlds, mm -hmm. um, which is why I brought that up in the Infinite Frontier Zero. It's like this this felt like a, a role for him that made sense. Um, and so many problems in the multiverse start on Earth Zero. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you would think they would want to have like regular meetings. I mean, that's a big part of Infinite Frontier, uh, the series that's going to be coming, is there is a conversation early on of, like, there's two characters, they're talking, I don't want to say they are, but they're talking, and and one of them is just, like, a character, oh, yeah, a character, he says, a being from another world came to our reality and messed with our reality, and the other person is just like, yeah, which one? And again, <laughs> like, and the other person is like, yeah, that can never happen again. Like, we have to stay on top of this. There, there's a scene in the issue where somebody is talking to Batman, and they're just like, so there was an evil version of you from something called the Dark Multiverse, and you never thought to tell anybody? <coughs> like, you don't think that could be a problem? <laughs> so, uh, you know, but yeah, the, the Justice Incarnate, they play a, a major role in the Infinite Frontier series that's coming out after Zero that I, I believe we'll be announcing fully this week. Okay. The week that this airs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there are so many things I want to get to here, but I, I, want, to, I want to stick with uh, Roy Harper for a second here. Yeah. Because, I love Roy. Um, I love Roy. So, Roy, so I, have, I have a little bit of original comic art in my office here, and I'm looking at a, uh, a speedy 
sketch by Art Balthazar right now. Oh, uh, nice. I'm a big Roy guy, and I feel like the character is is somebody who, uh, you know, every time something good happens, kind of like Wally. It's that whole first Teen Titans generation really got the short end of the stick a lot. Uh, good things would happen to them, and then they would, yeah, they would instantly get get shot down. But so, um, you know, I'm sure that there are other characters that we're going to be having similar revelations about sort of coming back, you know, in the future um, mm-hmm. from this. But how important to you was it to like, how can I put this? Is this about resetting Roy beyond even what we've seen recently? Is this supposed to be not maybe not like continuity wise, but in terms of approach, are we supposed to be setting Roy to a place where he's not so bogged down by some of the stuff that's happened to him recently? Or is this as close to an incontinuity Roy as we're going to get? I, I, I'm not completely understanding. <laughs> like right, like, uh, well, I, I, I was trying to be nicest to certain people, but let me say, like, is this, you know, did Roy's daughter get killed by Prometheus? Did, uh, okay. Is, yeah, know, yeah. It, I would say, so Roy plays a major part in the DCU this year. And he's a major part of that infinite frontier series. And I think if you're a Roy fan, you will be happy, but also very curious about what's going on with him. Okay. And that all of your questions will eventually get answered. Okay. Yeah. Cause one of the things that, that I, that I was thinking about when reading this, like, well, you know, there are, there are so many different ways to resurrect people in comics, right? It's not this, it's not this same one size fits all. Oh, no. Resurrection. Yeah, he- how he got resurrected you find out how he you, you find out why he's back and and it's interesting it's like you basically find out in infinite frontier number one a big piece and then it's kind of a matter of why why him you know why was he chosen to be in this role i mean he he's definitely going to be a big piece and a, a major hero uh uh, throughout the Infinite Frontier, the actual series, um, it's going to be a bit before we get a lot of the reunions. Mm-hmm. I think uh, not that long. You know, I don't want to drag it out. Um, knock on wood, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't want to drag them out. But it'll be a, a moment before we get to a, a lot of the reunions with with Roy in particular. Um, mm-hmm. But he is going to be a big a big part of the DCU moving forward. Is, it was important uh, to bring him back. I mean, that was something, you know, the moment I had the opportunity and I thought I could, I, I took it. That's why? The, that's my answer. Why for you is Roy so important? Uh, I feel like, I don't know how deep I want to get into this, but it's like I've always related to him and I always felt like he was an interesting character. And I, I think it sucks sometimes how he constantly was getting... I mean, all the Titans characters, it sucks sometimes how they used to get beaten up pretty bad. And... You know, he in particular, it's like, God, man, this hard life this person has had. And we just keep dumping on him. And I wanted to fix that. Um, but, you know, I mean, I was reading the, I remember when I was reading the Titans. Because I started reading Titans stuff a little bit later. I remember reading Titans and I just liked his character a lot. And then you read. What what era of Titans was that? It's, Oh, you're talking about the early '90s when he was wearing like the sunglasses and that yellow suit with the shoulder pads, you know, okay. and had the gun and all that and stuff. I liked his character then, and right, then it was like being... right after that is the best Roy. I'm sorry, I, there's no. I'm yeah, not going to hear. I agree with you. I'm and not going to hear a debate about this. Right after that, when, when Green Lantern and Damage were on Titans, that was the best. Uh, that was the best stuff. Well, then you get into the stuff with uh, the Green Arrow series, and it's like there's that one issue. I think about this issue a lot. I was actually I've been meaning to reread it, but it's like him and Ollie, and they're in the cave, and Solomon Grundy attacks them. Mm-hmm. They're in the, the Arrow cave. Uh, I love that issue. Um, I'm a big Green. Well, this is part of it. Okay, so I'm also a really big Green Arrow fan. That's part of this. Um, like you're talking about, you have that the Speedy. Uh, mm-hmm. Drawn by is it Speedy or is it Arsenal? You drawn it, by it's, Art. It's it's Speedy. I you know I asked Art for Arsenal. He looked at me. And I said Speedy. He goes, oh, I know Speedy. So uh, yeah. that's really funny. Okay, so uh, I have a Darwin Cook drawing of of uh, Green Arrow in my uh, office. You, it, you, it, had, it, you had you had to fucking throw Darwin Cook in here. You had to had to one up me like that. Come on, man. But so but so you know I uh, <laughs> um, I'm a big Green Arrow fan and I really like the Green Arrow family um, of characters and so. You know, yeah, like, Rory's a character I've always really liked. I never got to write him. I never got to work on him or anything. And, and he was always kind of off to the side for a while. And then, you know, and then he died and it sucked. 
it was it was it, it, it was so tragic and so yeah the moment i had a chance i, I took it like it was there and i was like oh i can do this we can do that it makes sense all right let's go so that's why i was able to bring roy back yeah uh, so I want to shift gears a little bit over to, to Batman for a second, uh, because you were, sure. you did. Uh, I, I will say uh, this, this is not a this particular compliment is not about your writing, but I'm going to get to that in a second. The best looking thing in any of Future State was the Red Hood story you did with Giannis. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah. Like, the best. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that story for a lot of reasons. It looked so good. But, you know, um, the Bat books tend to be the books that don't get changed when the universe shifts you know yeah that's an understatement yeah, yeah like, like you know new 52 <laughs> bat books were almost exactly the same as they were yeah. pre-flashpoint yeah. rebirth uh was a little bit of a shift but uh this time like it looks like james is pretty much the only guy who's really continuing his story right away well rom rom has catwoman that's two that's two okay so that that's two people but but still the, the bat books yeah, are you yeah. know the battles yeah. kind of kind of remain you know uh remain steadfast there is when you were put together this story and and just sort of this line in general when talking about sort of the bigger pieces of the infinite frontier was it tricky to not be able to mess with the bad stuff or was it nice to have that sort of constant rock there that you could build upon well, you have to understand i talk to james every day <laughs> like every day i think he messaged me while we're while we're talking you know like I, I i talked to this dude yeah he did i've been i talked to him every day all day uh we are we communicate about everything we're planning you know every little thing so i knew that james had a plan before he had a plan before infinite frontier was really like solidified he already had a plan and i knew that plan and so no, it wasn't difficult at all knowing that stuff. And you know, I was in those meetings, and we have the we have these like Zoom calls with all the bat uh, writers and the bat editors. And I'm writing Robin and, and Robin, you know, the stuff I'm doing with Robin and the things that that are going on with that side of things in the back group with Robin and a couple other characters that I'm working on that haven't announced. Um, so no, it wasn't it wasn't difficult with Batman at all because again, like James knew what I was doing, he knew what I was doing. You know, he was involved in all the conversations with Infinite Frontier, especially in the beginning. Um, so, no, that the bad stuff, we have a plan for it. And I think that once we knew what we were doing, it was like, okay, well, let's have the Arkham attack happen at Infinite Frontier then. Like, it all just kind of came together. And it worked as like, okay, well, here's a, a, a giant moment of change is that Arkham gets this, this awful attack and how that impacts Gotham moving forward and impacts the bat all the bat groups moving forward so it was just you know i don't know it wasn't difficult at all i guess just because i i talk to james every day <laughs> no i mean that that's cool you know i i think it, it, in some ways it's tough to um it, it's kind of tough to not be part of the big sea change you know uh, to kind of stick with what you're doing because it's always fun to do stuff that's that's shiny and new but i think what james is doing on the bat books is is really phenomenal stuff. And I think, you know, his, if you take his Detective Comics run and his Batman run, you put them together and you get, you get a pretty intense, pretty well structured Bat story. You know, I think his, his tech run is maybe my favorite Bat story uh, since Morrison, you know. Um, he, uh, James has a lot of really cool stuff planned um, for the Bat family and for the the Bat books and stuff. I mean, you start to see scenes of it in Infinite Frontier. You start seeing scenes of it in Batman 106. And, you know, he's not quiet about his plans. I mean, if you read his newsletter, you can kind of get a glimpse of this, how detailed and thought out he is. And, you know, he's really taking lead when it comes to the Bat group. And, and you know, obviously writing Batman, you're kind of in that position anyway. But he really is embracing that role and you know, telling these really cool stories moving forward. I mean, he's putting his all into it, but he's also trying to do something different with it. You know, he's also trying to put his own spin on it. So it's not just, I mean, you kind of have to, when you work on Batman, you have to kind of put your own spin. Um, I think that's true of any, any book. When you take over a book, you got to kind of find your own path on it. You can't just repeat the thing before. I think that becomes a, it's a bad habit. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, just sort of 
the other thing that DC does in the events that we see like this is you always tend to get these big spreads where you see little hints into other characters. Characters that yeah, don't, get, sure. don't, don't yeah. get the spots here. So I'm just going to throw some names out at you. And okay. I know you can't say too much. But I can probably say something about everybody. I don't know. I can probably tease something. I know what's going on in all these. Which okay. All right. All so these panels. Yeah. I'm going to start with uh, one of my top three characters of all time, uh, Shazam, Captain Marvel. Um, the they pitched me what the plan was for Captain Marvel last year, and the stuff they pitched me was one of the coolest ideas I had ever heard, and I was like, sort of surprised no one had done it before. Um, I don't know if they're still doing that exact plan. I think <laughs> I think they are. I think they are. Um, I think they are. It just hasn't been announced yet, and I think mm-hmm. it's also like. Part of the problem is I don't want to ever ruin somebody else's story, and of course, I think we'll be surprised where some of the Shazam stuff pops up. But the I know main... it's happening in Teen Titans a little bit. So, so the main two things they pitched me about him, I immediately was able to like jam on. I was like, oh, okay, well if that happened. This happens. Oh, okay, you're gonna use that villain. Okay, that makes sense because of X, Y, Z. And oh, then you should do this. Oh, okay, that's what's gonna happen. Well, then that's this is what should happen because of that. Like. The moment they pitched me the two things they pitched me about Shazam, I was able to, like, see it, and I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense, and this is what, you know, like, you know, I'm a big DC nerd, I know the history really well, and so it's like, you know, I was able to immediately see where they were going with certain things, but at the same time, like, man, no one's ever done that before. Like, there's a particular part of it that I was like, that's a really good idea, I don't know why they haven't done it, go do that, that's cool. <laughs> So that's my answer. <laughs> All right. Um, we see uh, looks like Supergirl holding a sword. And I know that at the end of this issue, we get the announcement of a new Supergirl series that had not been announced up until this. I think the time this airs, that will be all answered. Okay. <laughs> I think this, because I, I think by the time, yeah, if this is, you know, but yeah, by the time this is this, I'm, I'm fairly certain you'll have the answers to that. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Um I know that there's a shot here of Lobo and Crush, and I'm sure that part of that might be a Teen Titans thing, but is, uh, do you know, is there a bigger Lobo plan? Well, last week, you know, during Comics Pro, they announced all those titles, all those books, and uh-huh. uh, one of those was Lobo and Crush. And so, yes, there's definitely a plan for that. I actually saw the art for it. Uh, now I'm going on a path. All I'll say is I saw the art, and it was awesome. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> it was very cool. good. It was very good. I, I've seen all the art for the first issue uh-huh. i probably say much but it, it looks awesome okay also announced last week was deathstroke incorporated uh i believe this was called right uh we'll see okay well, <laughs> well that was that's definitely a tease that's definitely a tease of things that that was the tease that was that was put out there i think that's what it was called um well they said they said the thing that not all those titles are, are the final right, titles Some right titles are mr x on purpose oh okay okay uh well sure um <laughs> I was I I am probably the biggest living fan of Christopher Priest's Deathstroke book uh, from a couple of years ago, and, and yeah, I know, yeah, it's it's really I know I have a lot of competition with that because that's such a huge uh, that book was such so big for some people. Um, do you know? And again, I, I'm not trying to get you in trouble here, but is the sleep? <laughs> what was that? That's what I know everything. Oh, I know all. Of course so you do. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to give you cover here, man. I'm trying to make it so that you don't you don't say the things you're not supposed to say. Um, will Will Deathstroke's story be picking up where he was left off there, or is this a a new start for Deathstroke? Both. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think. I think. I think the answer is within the question. Okay. That is my. Uh, it, I don't know how do I put this. That's I good. Think that Deathstroke, I think Deathstroke was asking himself the same question. Okay. All right. Fair. Um, <laughs> so some of these I'm going to fly kind of quick by. I know we're eventually going to get an Aquaman story, and so I'm excited for that because I love – Yeah, Aquaman stuff I hear is really there, – there's a couple projects actually, and mm-hmm. uh, I think me as an Aquaman fan, I'm really excited about them. We also get uh, – we see a different set of Green Lanterns than we've seen uh, – in the announced Green Lantern book, which is more John Stewart and um, some other folks, uh, I presume we're going to get at some point back to a world where there's more than one Green Lantern title at DC. Uh, that Green Lantern book has a lot of Green Lanterns in it. Like it's it is the you know that is the Green Lantern book, not the Grant Morrison one, obviously, right? Because right, right. that's the Green Lantern, but 
Green uh, Green Lantern um, is more. It's it's a it's a pretty big book with a pretty big scope, and so I think you'll get a lot of your answers reading that first issue. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just just two more from this first page that I want to talk about, and then I want yeah. to get to one character that's on the big spread of people flying around. Uh, the first is the blue and gold thing, Booster Gold and uh, and uh, you know uh, Blue Beetle. Uh, keep reading. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said you could tease everything. I expected more than keep reading from a tease, man. I was emailing with the creator this morning about. Booster Gold and Blue Beetle, and okay. um, they're, uh, I think people will have fun with that. Okay. And then here's here's the big one, which is that there's a table that we see that has, like, the combination Justice League slash uh, Legion of Doom logo on it. That's the totality, yeah. Yes. Um, is that going to be more Infinite Frontier stuff? Yeah, that's more of a frontier, but but you know, Lex will have his roles and stuff. You know, Hawk Girl is in um, Justice League, mm-hmm. Mister Terrific uh, in Infinite Frontier One. There's a scene with Mister Terrific, Vandal Savage, and Martian Manhunter. Talia is in the Batman and Detective backups with Damien. Like he goes back to his mother mm-hmm. uh, for those two backups, and we get a bit of a hint of what's going on with her. And then she'll be in multiple stuff later in the year. Uh, but they're the watchers on the wall, man. They're they're keeping track of what's going on. Their their job is to kind of analyze and figure out what is going on with the multiverse and and communicate with Justice Justice Incarnate and mm-hmm. some of the things that are going on there. And then uh, my question about that image, though, is that we don't see the whole table. Is there somebody we don't see there? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's good, though. I should have just said yes. Yeah, you, you, you should have said uh, no, yes. That, it, it's just the it's just the six of them. Um, okay, I was team. We went back and forth in that team a lot. Like we were sitting there, me and Scott James, trying to figure out who that group was going to be. I wouldn't really call them a team, though. Like they're not a team. They're a group of people that are they have different perspectives on the multiverse and the history of the DCU, and they come together to basically, you know be like a think tank on things that are happening and dangers that are happening because of the multiverse and because of the changes in time, the changes to reality. We, we, we were very selective of that group. That group was not thrown together. That was a lot of conversations and a lot of talks among us, a lot of talks with um, editorial, going back and forth with who that group is going to be. And, and we landed on those six particular characters. Um, yeah. I remember when we nailed it on that six, finally. It was like, no, it's just this six. Because it kept getting bigger. People kept on trying to add more people, and we're like, no, 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 it's got to be smaller. Just these six. So that's, it's just them. Okay. I mean, they talked to Flash. They talked to Batman and Superman. They talked to Wally. Like, they're, they're, people are communicating with them, but they're not a, they're not like a regular team that hangs out all the time. Right, right. Yeah. They meet when needed, it seems like. That kind of a Exactly, kind yeah. Or meet when needed. It's like, if there's a... If something happens in the multiverse, you need to bring people together to kind of analyze if that's the six that come together. And that's the agreement they have, because it's like if considering all the times I mean, I'm obsessed with this idea that, like, for a long time, one of the problems with the I think the DCU would have is these characters wouldn't talk to each other. You know, like. Like, I was always annoyed that we weren't able to have Batman and Flash just sit the rest of the Justice League down and be like, hey, we think someone's messing with reality. Like, someone stole time from us. The fact they didn't sit down with everybody and do that was always kind of annoying to me personally. And so, you know, the last couple of years, I've tried to find ways of changing that particular element. That I think sometimes when these really big, crazy things happen, they got to tell each other. Yeah. You know, it's it's. It, it, it's, it's wild to think about some of the stuff that was happening years ago and just be like, I, I can't imagine Batman didn't tell Superman. You know, it doesn't, it seems so out of character for Batman to not tell Superman, like, these are some of the things that are going on. And, 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 and to be fair, part of it is because sometimes these books are moving on different tracks. You know, it's like Batman has his track, Superman has his track. Not every story needs to involve them talking to each other. But I think when it comes to something as big as, like, you know, reality has been changed. We should, they should talk about it. <laughs> like, we should get together and kind of have a, like... Hey, listen, there's this scene in Superman, uh, Spider-Man, 
right? The big, like, oversized book. Mm-hmm. Um, the first crossover. There's a scene in there where I think it's, like, Lex wants to destroy the world, and Doc Ock is, like, helping him. And then Spider-Man is like, why are you helping him? And he's like, he's going to pay me. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to be a king. And he's like, Spider-Man's like, Ock, he's going to bolt the world. Like, where's the money going to be? Like, what are you going to do with that? And Ock's like, oh, you're right. I should, I should not help him. And so he helps him turn on Lex. That scene to me is so real, right? Like, I feel as though that kind of logic is missing from comics sometimes. And I love whenever we get to bring it up. And I think sometimes, I think sometimes his characters would eventually have these conversations. And I think when it comes to something of this scale, that's why it's three heroes and three villains. It's like, yes, we all have our own goals in life and all these things, but we still need a world to do them on. So every once in a while, let's, uh, if we think there's some kind of, you know, problem brewing, we should maybe talk about it. <laughs> that's the best any of us to not talk about. <laughs> that's an eminently practical piece of advice for superheroes <laughs> and human beings. Um, yeah, anyway, so it's, it's, it drives us. Anyway. Uh, so I, I have one, like, I'm almost hesitant to ask this because it's so pedantic, but I know that you're a fan the way I'm a fan. So okay. uh, right. is there a reason why the wizard Shazam is the like '90s version, or not the version we've seen in the last decade? The only reason we picked that one in particular was because in Justice League, when he talked to the Justice League, that was what he looked like. Okay. So the last time we saw him in the last time we saw him in continuity was in Justice League. So that's why I picked him. That's why we we because he was in Justice League number one, and then he was in issue thirty nine. Where the quintessence and the specter, they talked to the Justice League about death metal and about Perpetua and what was coming. Mm-hmm. That was the last time we saw them. So yeah. that is why we, we picked that one. Okay. Because that's what, that was what that group looked like. Because it was also Hera, you know, it wasn't yep. Zeus. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was looking at, I, mean, I, I I'm not sure if anyone's going to pick up on this, but they will. But it's like, I was thinking a lot about Kingdom Come and how the quintessence were in there with the specter and Dead Man and all that. And how the specter was giving... Uh, the preacher a tour, right? Mm-hmm. Of the DCU, and that's kind of what this was: is the Spectre is giving a tour to Wonder, or giving Wonder Woman a tour of the current DCU. But you know, yeah, that. But that that's the answer for that. Yeah. Okay. That's why. Okay, and then here's here's my my last sort of uh, big question: is we had that that beautiful uh, double page spread that mm-hmm. you know right before the uh, epilogue there. Who's the character you wanted to fit in there, but you couldn't? Oh my gosh, man! Jeez, um, who was somebody that didn't make it in there? I don't know. There, there's a lot of characters on there, and I didn't realize how many because that was actually a list that I made. Plus, gave the editorial. They added people. They gave it back to me. I added more people, <laughs> and then we gave it to John, and John took like I don't know two weeks to draw it. It was. It took him a while. Like it was, it was, it was impressive. So I honestly don't know. I feel as though there's a lot of people. Like I was very put this picky at one point, but I wanted to add more. But I also didn't want John to kill me. Like John <laughs> sure. to go crazy because I was just like, well, I want to add this character and this character and this character and and. Um, and then I was also thinking about like other plans we have this year for other books, other characters. And so there were, you know, a lot of back and forth. And then at one point I was like, do I throw a bunch of villains on here too? And, and then it was like, no, this is, this is too much already. This is enough. There's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I, I couldn't pinpoint like one person okay. that I would say like, Oh, add this one. Um, let me look at it. Cause I got it here in front of me. I, I, I don't, you I know, do have one. Should have had oh, Alan Scott's on there. I think we probably should have had Obsidian and Jade on here. Okay. Um, the way it was due was funny. As there were there were so many little notes on this thing too to make sure everything was right. Like you were talking about Roy before, and mm-hmm. and Roy, I didn't want him to wear his hat at the ending. <laughs> Thank um, God. Thank God. 
Well, I wanted to say like he's moving on as a person, yeah. so away from the hat shows that visually. So he he drew him with the hat at one point, and I was like, please take the hat off. I'm sorry. It was like the it was like one of the last things. I was like, wait a minute, he's on the hat. Please take the hat off. Um, yeah, yeah. And then we have the big dark side ending. Yeah. Now, who is the character? I, this is Go not ahead. a this is not a knock, but the the copies we get from DC are not the most high res copies ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right a right next to Red X on his right, your left. Yeah, you're talking about that's, that's uh, Black Ice. It's oh, a new character. Okay. It's a new character from Teen Titans. Okay. Very cool. You're not the only person that that was that came up with other people. Like we were coloring it too. We had to like make sure you know um, we got all the characters on there. And and you know Alex, who's colored DC comics for years. You know there are newer newer characters on here that we had to make sure we we got right. So Black yeah. Ice was. Okay. Yeah, the first person to ask who that was. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, just and before we close out, I just want to say, you know, um, Tim Sheridan killed it in Future State. I'm really excited for his uh, Teen Titans Academy book. Um, I think that a lot of the Gotham Future State stuff introduced characters and situations that I'm glad to see somewhat carrying over. You know, yeah. um, I, I like. Forward, yeah. I'm sorry. A lot of it is going to carry forward. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I like a lot of that stuff. Is there, um, is there a bit now that Future State is out there, everyone can go back and read all the issues. Is there a bit of Future State that, if people wanted to get a, a sort of a tease as to what's coming forward, is there a particular book or scene that you would say go back and read that because there's some there's some I mean, stuff in there that's going to matter. It's Easter eggs, I would say, for the next year, all of it, even the Justice League issues that I did, which are supposed to be like 2040 or something. Um, there's Easter eggs in there for some of the stuff that's that's coming. So I mean, I don't want to say read all of it, but there's a lot of Easter eggs in there. There's a lot. Uh, cool. Now, uh, this is the part of the show where I'm going to ask you two impossible questions. Okay, we didn't talk about Flash though. On on this part, we talked about Flash before. Oh uh, yeah, well, well, I mean, you, you uh, are you at liberty to talk about Flash? Yeah, I, mean, I told you before we started recording. Um, but you know, that scene <laughs> was something I, you know, I, I. I worked on Flash for a long time, and and um, I felt as though we needed to finish the circle from Rebirth. That Wally being the Flash again, I feel like we set that up, and you know, it took us five years to get here, but I feel as though I needed to have that ending between the two of them. And then also, you know, with Flash War, we had had these moments between Barry and Wally, and then it was like I tried to fix all that stuff moving forward and reestablish that relationship and speed metal. But I felt like to really show that all these things were in a new chapter, like every story in here is about, this is a new chapter. I felt as though I needed to do that with Barry and Wally. And, um, and then that'll impact the flashbook in a really, really big way immediately, uh, following the, during infinite frontier. Okay. Yeah, I I wasn't sure how much you wanted to say about the Flash, so my apologies. But that actually that kind of presages my first question. Yes, go ahead. My first question is, what didn't I ask you about that I should have? We didn't talk about the ending at all with Darkseid. Is that I, I don't mean to slate Darkseid. I feel like we know what Darkseid's about. Is yeah, it, that's fair. you know, like it feels to me like okay, that's a classic Darkseid story. I'm excited. I love the new gods. That's you know, it's exciting for me. But I don't know if there's a ton there that I feel like. Without getting into crazy spoiler territory, we can unpack. Yeah, Unless, that's uh, fair. Yeah, I think that Dark Side, the stuff we have planned for him, is really interesting and is going to be very fun. And we really wanted to showcase him as the big bad for the DCU mm-hmm. for a bit. You know, yeah. uh, this version of Dark Side, it's the version of him that it's merged. It's all the versions of himself from the past merged together, and he remembers everything. Like that's this cool. is a version of him that remembers all the stuff that he did. You know. Like, when you look at the way he was post-New 52, he didn't remember Final Crisis. He didn't remember Crisis on Infinite Earths, not necessarily. He'd gone through all these weird changes and these bigger character changes. And so we wanted a version of him that remembered all that stuff, and then, but also is more powerful than he's ever been. You know, he was reborn in the Dark Multiverse when the universe restarted. He is the cost. It's like, you know, Wonder Woman was warned that, like, you're going to ascend but there's going to be a cost to that ascension. There's a cost to restarting the multiverse, and Darkseid was that cost. And it's like he, you know, Wonder Woman ascended and leveled up, and so did Darkseid. There had to be a balance. Like, she's the wonder, he's the terror. Is there something else I should have asked about that I didn't? 
No, I think you're good. I mean, I, I think once we get once people get to read Zero, and then you and I can probably talk again when issue one comes out of the actual series, yeah. the actual issue series that comes out, that's going to have a lot of pieces that some the stuff we've talked about that happens in Zero will continue there, and you'll see how a lot of these pieces start to play up. Okay, my last question. What yes. is the most spoilery shit you can give us without getting fired? Oh, without getting fired? I said about getting fired. No, without, like, getting, without getting fired. I've been fired from jobs before, let me tell you. No, uh, God, the most spoilery thing I can tell you. All right. So, during Death Metal, Batman had a Black Lantern ring. Yes. Where is that Black Lantern ring now? Somebody has it. That's that, my spoiler. I love it. I love it. Josh, what's your Twitter? How can folks get in touch with you? Uh, my Twitter is uh, Williamson underscore Josh. That's the best way to get hold of me. And I'm not always the best, most responsive on there, but uh, I try to answer questions when I can. All right. So you'll get all the updates on all my books that are coming out. Which Of which there are many, apparently. There's five, yeah. Five that haven't been announced? No, no, no. There's only three that have been announced. Is that right? No, I guess now we're down to two because Infinite Frontier uh, miniseries getting announced down to two. So, so what was technically, it? technically, there's other things I've talked to them about, and there's stuff for next year that we're talking about. Like I'm always got these moving pieces. Wait, what were the three that were announced then? Robin, Robin, Future State, Gotham. That continues. Oh yes, those. okay, okay, yes, okay. And, and now it'll be the Infinite Frontier series. All right. Are you just doing the first arc of Future State Gotham? Um, we'll see how it goes. I'm co-writing it with Dennis Culver, and it just depends on my schedule. I mean, right now, I know what we're doing for the whole first year of the book. Okay. Um, but it'll depend on my schedule going past, I think, the first year. All right. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you.